Welcome to The Mom Feed, a podcast about the transition into motherhood. I'm Lauren Lobley, also known as Mom, Mommy, and Mom to two young kids, Madison and Liam. When a woman becomes a mother, she experiences the most neurobiological changes in her life. This transitional period is called Matrosense. Learning about this helped my journey into motherhood make so much more sense, and I want you to feel the same way. So, if you are a soon-to-be mom, new mom, or already in the thick of motherhood, this podcast is for you. Join me and my guests each week as we tackle various topics in and around life as a mother. Ready? Let's go. Hey, Mama. Welcome back to The Mom Feed. I'm so glad you're here, and if this is the first time you are here, welcome. I have been wanting to have today's guest on the show since I started this podcast back in the summer of 2020. And if you're at a point in your life where you're wanting to make changes, no matter how big or small, you are going to get a lot out of today's show. Maybe you want to simply enjoy motherhood more, or maybe you want to feel better in your body. Maybe you have a desire to take an art class or to go back to school or to start a business or to end a bad relationship, or maybe you feel like you've lost yourself in motherhood and you have no idea what you want, but you just know that you're not feeling happy or satisfied a lot of the time. You're just kind of existing checking things off your list, surviving, but definitely not thriving. Wherever you are in your life right now, if you are wanting to change something, no matter how big or small, my guest today is the woman to coach you through it. Suzanne Conrad has been a mentor and a friend since I began working at Lululemon in 2007. At the time, and as you'll hear more about it on the show today, Suzanne was the director of possibility for Lululemon. What that essentially meant was that she was a leadership coach to all of us employees at Lululemon, including the executive team. From Suzanne, I began to learn more about who I was and how to be the author of my own life. And not just like the cute soundbite, be the author of your own life, but actually like somatically got the tools on how to actually do that. Suzanne is the CEO and founder of Lightyear Leadership and is one of the few global women leaders and entrepreneurs in the personal development and leadership space. As I already mentioned, she was the co-developer of Lululemon's renowned leadership culture and served as director of possibility at Lululemon from 2007 to 2017. Suzanne has over 30 years of experience transforming tens of thousands of lives across the globe and revolutionizing culture at hundreds of organizations, including Tom's, Kitten Ace, Earl's Kitchen and Bar, and Imagine One Day. Suzanne trains, develops, and certifies, certifies leaders around the world. She has the ability to challenge and gently coach people through hard things and is an agenda-free champion for people's goals vision, and success. She is the author of Get There Now, a book about transforming yourself, releasing old patterns and trauma, and learning to heal, all done through laughter, listening, and the power of choice. I cannot wait for you to meet her. Are you ready? All right, let's go. Okay, before we get to Suzanne, let's talk about transformation. If you've already signed up for Pilates with Unicorn Wellness Studio and my friend Tandy Gutierrez, you can skip ahead. Skip ahead for like 
the next 65 seconds. If you haven't already signed up, keep listening because I've got an offer you won't want to miss. Even if you're rolling your eyes going, I've heard this a million times, I'm not going to sign up, but I'm curious about the offer. Keep listening. I'm going to get straight to the point. I'm a busy mom. You're a busy mom. I don't have time to work out. I'm sure you don't either. If I have to leave the house to work out, forget it. That eats into my workout time. It's not going to happen. If the workout is too long, you can forget that either. So I'm not going to do it. 20 to 30 minutes is my max because I'm constantly negotiating my time all day long, trying to decide what's going to get done on my list and what is going to have to wait until some other time because I don't know when that will be later, tomorrow, next week, never, whatever, who knows. The list just doesn't end. Well, working out dropped way down on my priority list once I became a mom and it basically disappeared completely once I had my second child. Thankfully, it was revived when my friend and former regional manager for the Pilates programs at Equinox, Tandy Gutierrez, told me about her online Pilates and tarot. Yes, she fuses energy healing tarot and Pilates. It's brilliant. Now, as a trail runner who really believed that you needed at least an hour and a lot of effort and sweat to make an impact in your workout, I wasn't sure that Tandy's Pilates workouts would actually be effective for me, but I had no time for anything else anyway. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it a shot. And from there, I was pleasantly surprised because my body changed. I felt and I looked toned. And I also felt energized because each of Tindy's 30-minute workouts are infused with Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is 2,500 years old. You can read all about it if you don't know about it. So here's the bottom line. If you don't have time to work out, but you want to, if you want to work out, but you can't do a sweaty workout because it will mess with your shower schedule or your hair washing schedule, because you're on a schedule like me where you only wash your hair like every three days, or you're, um, you don't want to get I don't know, maybe it's the middle of your work day and you don't want to work out in your work clothes or whatever the heck your reason is. If you are curious about how Reiki infused Pilates can transform your body, any of those reasons, it can, by the way, then email me at lauren at themomfeed.com with the words Pilates, please, or something to the effect. If you're like, I'm not writing Pilates, please, then just write something about Pilates. Um, And I will email you back with a very special offer that Tandy has given me for free in honor of my upcoming 40th birthday. Spoiler alert, the birthday gift is for you, and it's a good one. All right, let's get to the show. All right, we're live with one of my favorite people on the face of the planet, Suzanne Conrad. Thank you for being on the mom feed. Oh, thank you, Lauren. I've got your book right here. Um, I've stayed up late and I'm trying to read it, but it's funny because I was reading it. I was like, I need to finish the book before the interview. And then I was like, no, I have what I met you in 2006 or seven. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have that many years of Suzanne's voice and teachings <laughs> in my brain. And it's like, it's almost like you took all the, the words that I have in my head and put them into one book, which is pretty fabulous. So um, I did not get to finish it, but you live here in my in my head and I really appreciate you. Um, for those of you who don't know who Suzanne is, Suzanne, I met Suzanne when I was working for Lululemon and at the time you were the director of possibilities. I don't know if that was your title at the time. Yeah, I made that up. That's in the book too. Like nobody gave that to me. No one gives you the title. 
director of possibility. You have to make it up. I was never an employee of Lululemon. I was a director on the board. I was always um, essentially a vendor. And because I generated through my spoken word who I am, it gave me a place at a table. That See, I can see by your face you didn't know that. <laughs> when I think of Lululemon, I think of you. Isn't that well, funny? Yeah. You know, one of the things uh, that's important for your listeners is that what they say about themselves and the, the title, I put that with little, you know, air quotes, matters. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I love that. Um, and we'll get into that because I have some questions around that. But um, just for just to like place to anchor us all, I what I was struck by was before, well, before Lululemon, I didn't really do much with goal setting and I hadn't been introduced to like Brian Tracy and motivational speaking and stuff like that. I, I was just always this like achiever type A, just get things done. But it had n- I'd never had a framework for goal setting. Mm-hmm. But what really struck me with you was at the manager conference in 2007, you got up on the stage and you said, you were telling a story and you were, you were talking about the voice in your head. And I was like, like, I kind of held my breath because I was like, wait, what is she going to say? And then you were saying how you'd be laying in bed at night and it's like, Suzanne, you need to pee. No, you don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. And you were arguing back and forth on the stage with you and the voice in your head. And I was at literally at the edge of my seat because I, at that point, and I was in my twenties, didn't realize that other people were having those same conversations in their head, which seems so silly. But the way that you presented it just was so pronounced to illustrate the voices that we have in our heads. And so I've been just like a follower of your work and inspired by it ever since then. So just to anchor everybody in that story. (laughs) So so people probably have voices in their head right now as they're listening to me and to you, like, oh, I agree, or I don't understand. And and those those voices are what we can uh, learn to make peace with and understand and shift and cultivate over the arc of our lifetime. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And we, we will talk a lot about that today. So but let's, for anybody who doesn't know, you're you're not a, a vendor now that I realized that you didn't have to work for Lululemon, um, a vendor of Lululemon anymore. Um, you are, you are the founder of Lightyear Leadership, which can you tell everybody what that is? So Lightyear Leadership is a uh, company that specializes in providing in-depth. Uh, training for people that want to coach from a vision and goals framework. We Mm -hmm. also license our intellectual property into companies, which is what I had done with Lululemon over all those years. Mm -hmm. So companies and organizations that want to liberate the people in their companies to be self-authorized and to live from a vision often work with us. Got it. And so anybody listening who's like, hmm, I want to be a coach, you, is it is Lightyear Leadership for anyone? <laughs> I would say it could be. I'll say 
it's for the person that it resonates for. You know, there's so many different forms of coaching and I really appreciate how that whole field has expanded, whether mm -hmm. it's health coaching or nutrition or performance. I would say that uh, Lightyear, what we're best in the world at is helping a person to develop who they're becoming. So mm -hmm. LinkedIn is all about who we've been, our history, our credentials. And Lightyear is about building a relationship and a profile about who you're becoming and then implementing habits and patterns, images, um, self-talk, I guess is what some people call it, that give us the ladder to have that life. That's right. what Lightyear does. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, so I want to talk about coaching and goal setting as it relates to motherhood, because obviously this podcast mm. is all around mm motherhood and also the identities that shift for us women as we step into motherhood. And um, I I always joke, I wrote a, a blog post once. I don't even think I ever posted it because I don't know when I was going to post it, but I called it the death of a moleskin planner because mm. I have, you know, because I was so type A before and there are no excuses and you show up and you set these goals and you achieve them and that's what you do. And I'm like, everything my entire day was scheduled out and my goals were scheduled out. And then you could see a pronounced difference in my planner because I still write things out. I don't, I know we're in a digital age, but I like to write things. I write yeah. my calendar out and you can see from the minute I had Madison, my first, my, my planner just was empty. And so I really struggled. I struggled with the identity of who I was now in motherhood. And then I really struggled and I kind of like almost rebelled against any talk of goals and goal setting and, and anything like that. Cause it was just like, there's no time for that anymore. And my life is different. So, um, how, well, where shall we begin? How does, how does goal setting shift for us in motherhood? we go from being these individual people who like, I was just Lauren with goals. And then I was Lauren who is now suddenly responsible and the CEO of this child's entire being 24 seven and didn't feel like I had any room for Lauren anymore. Mm. How does it, how do you see goal setting shifting in motherhood? Mm. Obviously understanding there are different phases. Well, let's, let's break that down so that your listeners can take each piece and reflect that for themselves. So first of all, um, I need to love, preach at you. And because I've known you all these years, when you met Ted, married Ted, um, became a mother, every inch of that was and is and continues to be the fulfillment of your vision. Mm. So I'm often the person that reminds people when they're getting up and expressing milk and wondering who the hell they are, that they are in the dream. Am I telling you the truth or not? Let your listeners know before we talk about anything else. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's the paradox for Dang. all of us. Dang. <laughs> it's, the, it's the paradox because... So there's, there's simply that. So sometimes for me, Lauren, you know, as a 62-year-old and with the, the various changes that happen in, in that season of life, I also can say, 
wow, I'm, I'm in my vision, even if it feels like I'm in the shadow. So, so now let's back it up to, to the phase of, of, of motherhood. So there's a principle in light year. That's one of the key three geometries that we use to teach vision and goals. And it's a principle from my teacher, Dorothy Espio, and it's called I am. So right now I'm placing my palm over my heart center and you are, and I'm very gently turning my palm the other direction to recognize the beingness of another. And I didn't have that principle. I hadn't learned that when I first became a mom. So I was pregnant at 20, you know, having a a child in a not good relationship at 21. And so the whole thing was collapsed. My identity with my child, but more importantly, my identity with the inherited beliefs of what I thought motherhood was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So right there for your listeners that maybe haven't come from a goal setting background, or maybe they have one of the very first things to do is to start to um, say, you know, I am Suzanne and you are Surya. So as, as part of my, um, credentials. I'm the mother of four. I've given birth to all four of my children at home. I have uh, two interracial children. I have one child with uh, cognitive differences. Uh, you know, so I've <laughs> the curriculum. <laughs> but so, so I start off saying, you know, I am Suzanne. You are Surya. I am Suzanne. You are Chandra. I am Suzanne. You are Hunter. I am Suzanne, you are Curtis. And, and by doing that, and as soon as I, so I learned that in my thirties with my second set of kids, and that's where I began to get the creative space between my identity and who they were also as infinite beings on this earth. So, Mm -hmm. so let's just stop there and then we can go back to practical goal setting, but I wanted to lay a foundation that's a bit more, um, about the beingness of it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that because when you think about, you know, getting a coach, for example, I know a lot of moms are like, well, what do I need a coach for? And what do I need a goal setting coach for or health coach for? And I'm just thinking of it. It's such a for lack of a better word, it's a very masculine when I think of it, like, okay, there's, there's a goal and we're going to achieve this goal. Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about is a very soft feminine approach of, of, uh, of beingness Mm -hmm. that, uh, that I'm having trouble with my words now. Cause I'm like, okay, I, I see what you're saying and going back to, you know, you're living in the vision. I think we're so caught up with achieving the goal and then checking it off and moving on to the next one. I know this is, I'm very guilty of this without actually living in the goal and like, there's no defined timeline. So there now I'm realizing, okay, I was living in the goal that I had set for myself, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Because once somebody once asked me, how did you know you wanted to have kids? And I was like, well, uh, I actually don't know the answer. Mm. I, I don't, I don't know. And I realized it was an inherited belief that you get married and you have children. 
but I had never had a conscious, um, I was never conscious of the reason why I wanted to have kids in the first place. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but it was like, okay, the ghoul, I checked it off. I'm, I'm leaving the hospital now next. And I couldn't live in the space of, okay, here is the goal being actualized. You actually don't need to set another one right now. Mm-hmm. You can just mm-hmm. be in it. But I don't think culturally and societally we have that that rhetoric is like, okay, next. Okay, move on. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, having had the privilege of getting to to mentor and coach lots of people, including lots of women at different stages in their life, you know, I've come to know so many that have really prayed and worked so hard with IVF, you know, to conceive. And then there's the people like myself who like, oh, I'm pregnant, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and it's unintentional. So there's the whole gamut of experience of entering motherhood or not entering biological motherhood mm-hmm. and entering motherhood of another form. Like um, I know with your background in, in yoga and, and likely in, in Ayurvedic studies, the same house of children in Ayurvedic astrology is also the house of publications and mm-hmm. of other creations. So becoming, um, becoming a mother, mothering is, is a profound act. Um, and so let's just tie that back to goal setting. So in light year, uh, it might be a somewhat different picture. Uh, I actually needed to refile the word coach. So in light year, we have a technique that Dorothy taught me where a word can become defiled, meaning it's filed under the wrong file, but it's also dirtied up by meanings that aren't actually the meaning. So for me, the word coach had become associated with um, aggression, uh, like you said, um, you know, force over masculinity, I don't know, stuff like that. And I needed to clean it off for myself to really see that coach is a source of um, parallel empowerment, of standing with someone, being, helping them be able to see through new eyes for themselves. So with that said about coaching, <laughs> so now people can go, oh, I want that kind of coach. Yeah. Then, then how we generate vision in light year is through body sensation and through the innate intelligence of our body. So the vision would be created uh, in, okay, we, we uh, lift off into uh, the higher atmosphere with perspective and we allow the earth to rotate 10 cycles and we return and look at 2020, excuse me, 20, 2033. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was only going to go here. 2033, right? So yeah. 10 years from 2023 to 2033. And we look there and the first question in light we ask is, what are you sensing? Mm-hmm. How does your body feel? And, and let that become the root of what it is that we deeply want. Because that's a way to help people free themselves from all of the shoulds and yeah. musts and um, obligations, expectations that have actually limited their potential. And yeah. I only know that because I've been and continue to be that person and often need to free myself. Yeah. Well, that just reminds me of this passage. I think I'm getting the right one. 
and your book is called Get There Now. And it says the get, that get there now is a process that allows you to leap into a new future, regardless of where you are right now. Most people live the life they are going to live anyway. You could call it a default future. In the environmental law background I have, I have learned that this is called the no action alternative. It's where you keep doing what you are already doing. Even though we are taking actions, if they are not new actions, we will get the same result, the same future that we were going to have anyway. To create a designed future, one must recognize that new decisions and choices are required. Our brains are magnificent and will reveal their majesty when prompted with new questions. Much of my work involves helping people ask better questions. And I've heard this so many times, and I think you go on to say the question is more important than the answer in one of the chapters. And I've heard Tony Robbins will say this. Yeah, the question is always more important than the answer. And Tony Robbins will always say this. The, the quality of your life depends on the quality of your questions. And to your point, like for we are in 2023, as whoever's listening to this right now, we are 10 years later from a vision that you had 10 years ago. And if you're where you want to be, it seems to me like it's because you asked better questions. You asked the right questions for where you wanted to go and you took new actions. And I think we so often, especially in in motherhood specifically, but in life, we're just like, it's like the mundane. We're just like, okay, get up. The alarm goes off, have the breakfast, the same one that we had, go to work, do the thing, come home, get the kids ready, go to bed, get up, do it all over again. And if you don't interrupt the pattern, then in 10 years, you are going to be in the same place. Like your life really doesn't happen by accident. It happens by choice and not making a choice is also making a choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, for any of the uh, Lululemon alumni that you and I both love and know, one of the practices that we had for mindfulness, remember how we would um, so consciously fold the pants so yeah. that when somebody, no, seriously, listeners, listen, this is, this is the key to motherhood uh, or one of them. <laughs> so there was this um, commitment to, to, I'll call it like to a kind of a greater love where uh, a guest could come and, and find their pant and it would be folded and beautifully laid there. Even if it had been recently tried on by somebody else, it wasn't the crumpled God help you mess that you find when you go into a lot of retail stores. It would have this presence to it. And I used to love how I would go into stores and I would see the team doing this a lot like that chop wood, carry water, mm. you know, like bringing mindfulness to daily tasks as a way to condition a greater love. Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, cause if we don't do that as mothers, those 10 years will go by and they'll be gone and we will have missed being in the vision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just letting that land. Yeah, because I just have this this vision of like just rushing through things. It's like, okay, next. Okay, next. Okay, next. And you're not in the chop wood, carry water. It's like, and sometimes I'll catch myself and I'm like, okay, you're doing the dishes. Do the dishes. Feel the water. Feel mm -hmm. the soap do the dishes. Okay. You're with the kids or it's like three o'clock in the morning and Liam's up again. Okay. 
you if you're going to resist this moment, it's going you're going to suffer. But if you can be in it, you're you're going to be in it anyway. It's the quality of your reaction and the feelings that you allow to dominate the situation that will effectively determine the quality of your life. So in that, there is freedom in every single moment because you get to choose how you're going to feel in every moment. And I can feel the the sleep-deprived me or any moms listening who are like, oh, yeah, easy for you to say. I've got like children running around and I'm overstimulated and I'm burnt out. And that's true. And also continuing to tell ourselves that story Mm -hmm. causes us to stay in a suffering and a victim mentality. Whereas if we can just lean into that moment, that's where the freedom is. Mm -hmm. When I say I'm overstimulated, easy for you to say, I am scripting my vision. Right. That's the authorship And because it can be unconscious or habitual, we don't uh, recognize the harm we do to ourselves. And then our children go, oh, look, that's mom. (laughs) They're like, oh, better not talk to her about what's really important to me today because I can see that she's like blocked. And, you know, children are geniuses and they're like, okay, I better steer clear of that whirlwind of, you know, oatmeal or whatever's going on in that head. Yes. And it actually happened this morning. I shared about it over Instagram. I had this huge mom win because Ted left this morning and he sleeps with Liam. And I was like, oh gosh, Ted, Liam's going to be up at five o'clock in the morning. I better be prepared. And I didn't hear him. And then I actually have this like weird thing with my ears where I have really thick earwax and it builds up and then I can't hear anything. So I, I, I'm having trouble hearing anything. They have to be cleaned out. But around six. 20. I was like, nobody has come into my room yet. What is going on? And I could barely make out the sounds of words. And so like, I got out of bed and I had to like put my ear to the door and I heard Madison and Liam talking and I realized that they were playing together. Liam didn't come to me. And I went and I was like, I'm just going to let them do their thing. Cause I, I went through the like, Oh, I feel so guilty that Madison's doing my job for me right? That's a story, another script. And I was like, no, Lauren, just sit down, do your morning pages and wait until they come. They're fine. And I went in and I, after I was done my journaling, because we had to get to school and I was like, oh, that's so, you guys are playing together. And Madison said, yeah, I heard him say daddy. So I went into his room and I took care of him. And I was like, it was just this beautiful moment. But then I, I, my humanness came over like 20 minutes later when I was trying to get Liam to put his underwear on and he refused because he wants to wear a diaper instead. And I got frustrated and I was like, oh, and I threw the diaper down and just stormed out of the room knowing full well that this is not how I wanted to show up. And they like, it was just, it was just such an interesting observation, but my kids knew you know, like you just said, like, oh, better not go near mom. And I could see it in their eyes and I could see it in their faces. And I was like, mother of pearl, this is so, and I was like, it's your own fault, Lauren, like stop. But so in that, are there some, because what I find is all of this makes sense, right? It makes sense that I'm scripting it myself, even as I'm saying the things and throwing the thing down that I don't want to be doing. I find my body doing it anyway, and my words coming out anyway. And what can we do practically 
to get us out of that overstimulated, reacting, reactive moment of fury where we do those things that we're, we feel guilty about. And that, that can, you know, be damaging to our children if we don't repair it or if we make that the default way of acting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, I've done it all the different ways. So, you know, it's, an, <laughs> it's a practice. So um, I, I shared earlier in the in 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 the recording about I am you are uh, one of the other of the three primary I call them geometries of light year is to visualize a, a line a horizontal line and just kind of see that in your mind's eye and above that line so we call this principle the line of choice. This is also a Dorothy Wood SBO teaching. And above that line is choice, love, forgiveness, understanding, uh, discernment. And what's below that line is my own reaction. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would also be judgment, unforgiveness, fear, worry. Now, Dear listeners, here's the thing. If you can, for a moment, suspend your listening so that you can release yourself from duality. This isn't a right-wrong. It's just simply what we need to, um, I feel, learn to steer living in a human body. Because mm. our human, so being in reaction isn't wrong. It, it's what happens What's the challenge is a lot like any kind of, um, you know, sport, which, which you've done such a wonderful job. I remember always seeing you guys running on Westridge and, you know, all that training <laughs> in the same way, an athlete wants to really develop the ability for their heart to uh, recover quickly to its resting heart rate. That's a, that's a sign of health. We as human beings want to be able to uh, catch I want to be able to catch that I'm reactivated and recover back to choice as quickly as I can. Right. So that's the, that's, and here's the thing that could help your listeners is I, I turn it into a game because otherwise a person can punish like, Oh, I, I threw the diaper. Well, okay. I threw the diaper, you know, (laughs) and, and then talk with the kids about it if you feel you need to, or, just simply give them the gift of becoming yourself again and taking. So, so uh, we teach a number of different techniques and each person's different. And a lot of times it's going to be things that a person already knows to do, like drink water, take a breath. Remember, I love that baby. <laughs> I'm not going to eat him. Where's the peri peri sauce? You know, uh, or listen to a song. You know, there's a lot of things that I uh, cultivated, you know, running a business and having four children so that I could recover quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I want to touch on one of the two of the points that you mentioned in your book. But to finish that story, what I did and what I've learned to do is to apologize Mm. as soon as possible and to talk about. And I had a parenting coach and I've said this so many times, but I think it's important to repeat as often as possible. But one of my parenting coaches said, when don't ever apologize for your feelings. So don't ever say, I'm sorry, I got mad. Say when I got mad, 
I'm sorry that I threw the diaper. I'm sorry that I did this because you don't want to teach your kids that emotions are not to be felt. You want Mm -hmm. them to know that it's safe to have those emotions. It's normal, but it's about the behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like the other night, Madison was taking her time trying to get ready for bed, which happens. And she said to me, she's like, mommy, do you even like me? I was like, okay, wow, we're getting into pre between years here. You just started seven. She's your daughter. See, she's your daughter. She's she was born fully loaded, genius intelligence. Oh my god, go ahead. Okay, totally. But I said to her, Madison. I know, and I said, Madison, I will always love you, and I will always like you. Sometimes you will do things that I don't like, but that will never change how I feel about you. And it's like the distinction of. What is it? Shame and guilt. Shame is you are bad and guilt is is like feeling bad about a behavior. And so I, I'm very cautious about defining I will always love you and these behaviors are, you know, sometimes challenging. And so for mm-hmm. me this morning in the car on the way to school, I said, when mommy was upset, I threw down the diaper and that scared you. And Madison and Liam both shook their heads. And I said, I should have chosen a different reaction. Mm. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that I did that. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, can you turn off the music? And I was like, okay, glad glad we had this chat. But right. Anyway, right? But in that moment, it was like, if I had let that go, then I might have perpetuated like what you said earlier. We're like, oh, we're not going to go through near mom right now because she's about to lose it. <laughs> could I so. offer something in that that is um, – so I – I I love the brilliance of separating the and validating the emotion and then taking responsibility for the action. That's so powerful. And one of the things that I've personally found as an upgrade from I'm sorry is to actually say, will you forgive me? Mm. So that the person also gets the privilege and power to say, yeah, mom, I forgive you. It gives them a part. Yeah, that's a Dorothy thing too. Yeah. yeah, you can. I can feel that it gives them an action, and so it makes them um, a, an active participant rather than um, a passive one. It, it's almost like saying "I'm sorry," and I'm thinking of it like when people say "I'm sorry" to me. My inclination is to say it's okay, even if it's not okay, even if I'm not okay yet. Mm-hmm. So I learned to say thank you, but I like that. Will you forgive me? It makes me think and. Yeah. Wow. That's well in, in, in what I've been working on um, with the people I've been developing is I feel like the underutilized superpower in North American business is forgiveness. Mm. And, and you, as you read, you know, at the, the very beginning of get there now, it's one of the things I talk about at the very beginning is love, forgiveness, and choice, those three things together, but let's just stay with forgiveness Forgiveness does not equal condoning. It doesn't mean, just like what you distinguished, what what happened might be treacherous, bad. Not, you know, I had um, a very abusive and violent first relationship. Mm -hmm. I forgive that person and I do not condone their actions, yet forgiving them releases me right otherwise 
I begin the little um, metal filings, you know, that get attracted to that magnet in first grade. Mm. I begin having a baby grudge. And I see this on people. I see people carry and collect and have their grudges of their unforgiveness of the dog that bit them and the man that whatever. People, Mm. this is your superpower is to forgive and and to do, and then when it's time, like you shared, and and for me, like to ask for someone else's forgiveness. Sometimes people will say, "I'm not ready," and then you know, okay, there's there's something for me to clean up here. Whereas if I say, "I'm sorry," that again activates the voice command protocol of the human biocomputer to say, "I'm sorry. I'm a problem. I'm not good enough." Mm-hmm. I am not taking responsibility fully for what occurred here. It's um do you see how I'm uh-huh it's my job to be fastidious with language. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's that will stay with me. Yeah. And these babies that you have you're bringing them up to then they will coach you. So mothers, be aware your children are coaching you. They incarnated to be assistance in your path. <laughs> they did. They did. They did. And there they are. And, um, you know, my wish for all of you is that you live long enough to receive the full benefit of having uh, had, had these children. And I, I have this memory. I have this memory. Tell me if it's true or not. I'm almost sure. I was sitting with you in, in an apartment you had in, in Los Angeles and, or, you know, in Santa Monica, that one. And we were eating salmon uh-huh. and, and we were talking about, we were talking about being mothers and about like, oh God, you know, if I become a mother, then my child will grow up and have that moment in some transformational course where like, it's about me. And and was that you? I think it was you. And I think it was in Cindy LeConte's apartment. Okay, Cindy. Yeah. I I was like in between. Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. And, you know, I, I, I remember the, um, chasing the, you know, the myth of, you know, oh, that'll never happen. No, of course. All your kids will come. They've come to me at different times and said, mom, you know, you did this. I really wish you could have done it differently. And I'm like, you know, you're right. I wish I could have too. And, and let's go back to that moment and make a new choice. And so we also call that a timeline clearing. So forgiveness mm-hmm. can be, you know, 30 years ago and go, oh, look, oops, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Because I to prepare for our talk today, I, I talked with some of my neighbor friends that are, some are, they're all different ages. And, and they said, yeah, you know, when I first became a mom, I was, Faking it till I make it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we don't know. We're just we doing really our best. Know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So one of the the way that you start the the book off was talking about um this terrible thing that happened at Lululemon in 2010, I think it was, or 2011, um, where one of the Unfortunately, one of the employees passed away 
Um, and you got the news as you were at the orthodontist with your son. And we talked a little bit about, about it offline of like, like motherhood is like that. Like you're getting this news that from your work where that is just absolutely horrible as you're taking care of and mothering your child. And you, you have, you almost have to be present for both of it. And you got to almost compartmentalize your feelings around it. And you talked about two things that you did that I love to, to dive into, because I think it would be helpful for moms who are in the thick of, you know, being triggered. Perhaps they're at home for the 12th hour by themselves and everybody's losing their minds and they don't have any fuel left in the tank. And you talked about positive points and the concept of listening up. And I thought of how powerful that could be just Mm. selfishly for me um, when I am in those triggered states. And I think that it would be helpful for others. So can you talk about that, those two concepts? Mm, Yes. So I am, I loved when you contacted me about doing this podcast because I didn't plan it, but the very first word of chapter one is mom. Mm-hmm. And it's the voice of my oldest son telling me about this tragedy because his wife worked in one of the neighboring stores and knew about it before me because it was they were on the East Coast and I was on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And it was a Saturday. And I, and I had Curtis at the orthodontist. He had braces for a long time. <laughs> and, and so when I heard his voice, so it's the very first word, I hear his voice. And if you buy the audio book, you'll hear me attempting to imitate my son having that sound. And I could tell in the sound, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that, and, th- and that's the gift of being a mother. So right there, I knew to listen up. So um, I'm pretty sure I you know, talk about it a lot in the book and define it. But right here in this moment, listening up is where I'm using those, as we talked about earlier, all those different voices to really listen to the still, small, quiet, divine, sourceful let's call it God voice that also I have access to as a human being to Mm -hmm. listen to that one, to still the others down so that I can hear that. And the up also helps me, Lauren, as I touch the top of my head. Yeah. Because as a, as a person who's studied Nia, which is a form of integrated movement, one of the ways we learn how to uh, be aware of our breath and posture is almost imagine a video camera above us mm. showing us our life. So listening up also means to me to get that divine connection and also look at the big picture simultaneously, mm-hmm. like take in the whole. And that chapter is about swallowing things whole, like taking in the whole thing instead of like, it's not happening. I can't believe this is happening, which would have been what I would have done in my twenties. No, yeah. it's happening. It happened. Now listen up, stay present. So that's listening up. So before we move to positive points, does that feel um, clear enough that a person could begin to practice it or be more interested in the practice of listening up? 
Yeah, I think for for me, the way you're describing it, and I like the concept of like touching your head, it's almost like it's like feeling the ground beneath your feet only. Mm -hmm. So you've got the ground beneath their feet and then you've got the heavens above your head. And so it's like ground, touch your head and listen up. And um, it it's a pause before a reaction. Mm, exactly. And it That's can be a nanosecond and can save your life. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think that a lot of people experience that. Um, even uh, I can just like, as an example, I was actually driving with our mutual friend, Rianne, and we were at, it was Lululemon. It was freezing cold. Uh, we were going to like freezing cold, like minus 40 freezing cold, like Montreal. Freezing cold. <laughs> let's, let's make sure this is not Texas cold. This is. <laughs> yeah. No, this is Montreal cold. freezing cold. And I was driving Rhiannon's car and we were on the, a piece of the highway where there is no shoulder. Mm. And all of a sudden the tire blew out and I had two of the other employees in the car and I was driving and it was like time slowed down Mm -hmm. and everybody started freaking out. But I guess what I had done was listen up because I, I just, all of a sudden I remembered what the car, my car instructor had told me, don't touch the brake. I took my head, my foot off the gas. I calmly explained to everybody. Okay. I'm going to get into the right lane. I see the exit up there. It's going to be okay. I was so calm. And it was like I was watching myself from above. And I got us over. I pulled to a stop. And that is when my whole body started shaking and all the adrenaline. I was like, <sighs> but I there was none of that. There was, it was like an immediate calm as if I was being held. So now I realize as you're explaining it, that that is what was happening. Mm-hmm. It was like, this is happening and I'm in it. And here's what we're going to do calmly and no worries. And so. That's a beautiful example. Yeah. Just putting that together now is wow. And, you know, like, see, having had that experience, you now have direct access to the faith that that can happen for you yeah. in the moment that you need it. Um, I know that just like circling to the mom thing with your story, um, having babies at home and, and never being in a birth center or a hospital, like a question I would, I remember asking one of my midwives, Jennifer, I said, well, how will I know I'm really in trouble and something's really wrong? Mm-hmm. And she said exactly what she said. I'll get really calm and talk very slowly and you will do everything I say. And I was like, okay, because there's a mother within all of us that when push comes to shove and lives need to be saved, if we listen up to that, when you were telling that story, I I just had goosebumps head to toe because it's the truth. And you were, your body connected and did exactly exactly the thing that saved everyone's lives. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was getting goosebumps telling it and I wasn't expecting that to, to happen, but, um, wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's listening up and listening up. listening up. You don't need to have the tire blowout for it to happen, but (laughs) I can almost just imagine like if you're in the middle of the chaos and the kids are running around and nobody wants to brush their teeth and nobody's eating and now they're hungry and they've got their pajamas on and you're like, ah, just put your hand on your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and have that camera above above you and try to see it from that that is so 
such a powerful concept, I think, for any of us, but especially in the thick of motherhood, which feels almost like a chaotic situation, like most of the day, you know? Yeah, it does. Um, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't want to, what is that? The new term, you know, spiritually bypass or, you know, sugar wash. It's yeah. There's all, it's like full on life. Yeah. It is full on life force. And uh, I, I wish for you and all your listeners that Laird Hamilton can call you and say, you too are a big wave rider. You know, like that's what it is. You just get on that board and just ride that and go, I am alive. I am in my vision. You know, here we go. I don't need to deaden myself with anxiety medication unless I do. And then if you do, listeners, remember to secuse it and then go get help to eventually activate the pharmacy within your body to support you. So none of it's right, wrong. I just want people to know that life is going it, it to, ha- it's big, it's glorious. You know, Brett learned to fly. We fly all over the place. We land at airports we've never been to. Stuff is going on all the time. Yeah. And I just go, wow, I love being alive. I love my body. Yeah. yeah. And is there chaos? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, but the the empowering thing is to know that there's choice in the chaos. And sometimes you might choose to lose your, like consciously be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have this glass of wine and I know what I'm doing, or I'm going to, you know, fly off the handle and I'm going to resist this moment because gosh, darn it, I am pissed off. And that's the only thing I want to choose right now. I just want to be pissed off. It's just like, okay, just know that you're choosing it. And that might make people mad, but, and it makes me mad sometimes too, but like, know that you're choosing it and be okay with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if people, if people listening to this decide to be mad, here's, here's what will really help is get your iPhone out and set a timer. (laughs) It'll make you laugh. You're like, okay, I've only got two more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go and punch a pillow, punch the air, go and swear, like do whatever you need to do and then get it all out because it is energy, move it through your body and then, but like then listen up and touch your head and put the camera over yourself and say, is this, is this the quality that I would like to my life to be? And if it's not, then okay, I'm going to set this timer and when this timer goes off, then I'm going to move on to the to the life that I actually want to be living. Your kid, because we do that with our kids too. It's funny. They have this parade of homes here where I live. And uh, I didn't get to go in this house because I was out with the dog. But when my friends were all here and we were doing this class, they went into the model home. They said, there's this weird little room, Susie, that's not, you know, for the laundry. I don't know what it was. It was just this little room and it had a chair in it. And my, my friend said, yeah, I think it's the timeout room. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Who knows? Maybe people built a house actually like with, you know, with that in mind. Who knows? You know, but there's, mm-hmm. see, here's the thing, just back to, to Lauren's point, because I want everybody to hear this. You are, you are an emotion. I am an emotion. Thank God. Yeah. Like I'm energy in motion. Yeah. I don't want to resist that. And I want to have choice and move with it because the more I block it, the more it's going to build up and and move in a way that that could harm me or someone else. Just the way if I'm not being intelligent about the weather and flying or camping or or surfing, you know, we live on a mother. 
Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. you know, I'm looking out the window, it snowed here. So, yeah. yeah. So the second thing, so positive points. So I began also the book with those. I, I, I actually had planned to begin the book. You might not be there yet where I'm in my 20s and I start working for the Department of Energy as a uh, radioactive nuclear weapons specialist. I thought that was a more interesting place to start. Yeah, and my I've... editor really said, no, I want you to start with, with mother. I want you to start with that integration. I want you to start with your teacher mm. and, and how you use that work in action. So positive points are... Um, something that a person can learn and use. I'm a master teacher of Geotran, spelled G-E-O-T-R-A-N. In a way, Geotran is the mother of light years. So well before I met you, I already was teaching that work. And I came to the companies that I consulting consulted for, including Lululemon, with that background of that very, um, that master mother kind of energy that Dorothy developed us in. And so she's not like anybody else. Her work is unassimilated. It isn't like Chinese medicine. It isn't like anything. What it is, is it's a work that directly communicates with the morphogenetic field of the human body and provides it with correct information when that information has been deleted. Dorothy was always decades ahead of her time. Hmm. And one of the basic works that I use every day are positive points. So they're spin points that you do with your right hand, cone fingers, you cross over to the calf of your left, your left calf. There's three spin points. Anyone can learn this um, by, it would be best to probably take an introductory class to learn all of it, but there's mm -hmm. two, three, five, three, six, five. And each of those points restores my body's field ability to experience love, forgiveness, and choice. And that's mm -hmm. what I needed in that moment when I got that news from my son so that I could stay present, you know, whatever it was, 10 or 12 floors above Wilshire Boulevard <laughs> in the orthodontist office with a cell phone, knowing that I had this role as the director of possibility and many young people working that would be very frightened. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what those two things are. And people like yourself um, have gathered many tools for being an excellent mother. And the practice of motherhood is the field, the soccer field, you know, the football field, the basketball court, whatever your metaphor is, you know, maybe for you as a runner, the mountain where you get to practice that. Mm -hmm. and that's the gift of it. Bringing all those talents together because nothing short of that will carry you to where you really want. Yeah. To truly happy, fulfilled life. <laughs> yeah. Going, you know, though there might even be the day later much later, much, much later, where Liam calls you and Ted and says, Mom, Dad, thank you for, you know, I, I, I probably was like kind of a difficult kid. I, I kind of, I heard that podcast. I probably should have put that, you know, I probably should have put the undies on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so Liam, 
from your future sweetheart, make sure to love your parents. Yeah. And recognize they're doing their best. And your dad needed to go away for work and your mom had both of them. And you can hug Madison for like hanging out with you and forgive your mom. And that's what it is, you know. So that's what I wish for you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. This has just been such a lesson in because I was going to touch on, you said something in the beginning of the book about how you'd locked yourself out of your own life. And I really was wanting to explore the topic of losing our identity and motherhood, but it, mm. that as I'm realizing, as we've talked, it's, I can see where we are locking ourselves out of our lives because it's, I think we had the illusion that we had the identity before motherhood and motherhood is actually where we find it. Well, mic drop, Lauren. <laughs> I'm listening up and that's what came through. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Good job. Good job, sweet one. Really. Because it's true. Because it's like, until I, for me personally, until I got there, I was always looking ahead and looking forward and never here. And in motherhood, you have to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. With the there. As people read the book, they'll see that here and there is one place and the only place we exist in love and choice and forgiveness and in glory is now. This is this is what we have. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. OK. Well, I, I'm cured now of my. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm sure one of my kids has texted me while we were talking. Right. Yeah. Well, if if my kids were old enough, that would be true, too. But. Um, this has just been so fabulous. Um, and you continue to be such a a bright light in my life and I will devour the rest of this book and, um, I'm going to explore light your leadership myself. Um, how can anybody listening find you and your work? How can they connect with you? Sure. So, um, the, the, Courses that we provide are on our digital platform, lightyear.co. So just like Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) Uh, And people can become a member. They can take a workshop. They can take any of our foundational courses there. They can um, let people know that they're interested in our next coaching program when it begins. People can find Get There Now on uh, any of their local bookstores, if you'd prefer that. And of course, uh, Jeff has it on Amazon. I always tease. I have this little joke that I have. Like when I get a package from Amazon, I'm like, Brett, look what Jeff sent me. He knew just what I wanted. Um, <laughs> I figure there'll be a day one day when Jeff Bezos reaches out to me for help. Oh, I, I, I feel to. so much for for the people that really uh, have huge businesses in this world. Um, such a big mm. job. So, so that's how you can find the book. It's also available um, on Audible. And uh, we'd love to we'd love to see you there. So what Lightyear provides is a platform for members where you author your vision and all your goals and you get support from people who have also been uh, trained to varying degrees to support you in your goals. So they, they don't yell at you like your uh, third grade coach, but they remind you. And I did that for myself because um, 
when I lose myself, which I do, when I get locked out of my own life, which still can happen, I can go to my phone and to my light your profile and go, oh, right. <laughs> That's who I am. That's what I'm committed to. That's why it matters. Because in the heat of the day, uh, we all can get lost and we need each other. So Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been wonderful. If there's, I don't know if there's any final parting words that you want to say um, to specifically the moms listening. There have been many words of wisdom already, but if there's anything that you're like, no, wait, I just want to say one more thing. Please do if you do. Mm. Well, let's listen. It would be, uh, it would be to the mother's, that have already had children to really let those children become your teachers. Mm. Uh, there'll be a day, you know, if you're blessed to live, to see them become adults and as they are teenagers, there'll be a day where you want to remember the innocence of them as babies. Mm. And then for those uh, couples and women working to conceive and become mothers who, who are studying, I, uh, I offer my, my deep love to you, I, I offer you that it will be your path to a new spiritual connection to surrender control. I've worked with many, many women who, as soon as they do that, then they conceive. <laughs> yes. And then for the women that don't have the choice to become mothers because they have an unhealed childhood or they have an apocalyptic um, anxiety about climate change, or they have a misanthropic view of the human race, and they feel it would be irresponsible to bring a child to this earth, I lovingly, as your elder, uh, challenge you that you may be the one to bring an elect soul here. And I have met um, many people who have been able to overturn that loud voice in their head and become once again loving to themselves and to their own human race. Mm. So I would uh, really dedicate this podcast to those three groups of women. Thank you. I used to be one of those women. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, we're glad you've got those kids. So thanks for inviting me. Say hi to Ted. Hug the kids. Um, hug yourself. Good job. Good job. There we go. <laughs> Thank you, Suzanne. This has been so wonderful. All right, Mama, I hope that you are feeling inspired to make a shift in your life that's been maybe whispering to you or maybe it's beyond the whisper and it's been yelling at you. Wherever you are in the path to change, I hope that today is the day you take one step in the direction of the way you want to live and the way you want to feel. Because as Suzanne said, think about the you that you want to be in 10 years. The you that you are now is the you that the 10 years younger you dreamt of being. I know that was like a mouthful and it's almost midnight and I'm very tired, so... I stumbled over my words a little bit, but you get what I'm saying. Life is now. It doesn't slow down for anyone. So if you're waiting for the right time to start telling yourself a new story about your life or to start feeling a certain way, 
That time has come and it is now. No, now. No, wait, it's now. All right, I'm being silly because that's the thing. Every second is the present moment and then it's gone. So I know you get that. So I hope that you are going to go out and grab a copy of Suzanne's book, get there now and go and check out Lightyear Leadership at lightyear.co. Remember to listen up and to live in the vision of the life you've created. And if the life you're living right now doesn't feel like the vision you wanted for yourself, then I hope that today you will begin to change it. All right, mama, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, show it some love, share it over social media and tag me and Suzanne at Light Your Leadership. And I am at the Mom Feed Podcast. Um, you can also give us a five-star rating on the app you're listening to this podcast podcast on right now. Heck, if you're really feeling inspired, you can leave a glowing review. That would be amazing. Um, tune in next time for a special episode about relationships and children because <laughs> if you had children and it did not rock your relationship, well, you need to come on the show and explain how you did that. Um, in the meantime, I've got the psychologist from uh, Decoding Couples <laughs> talking to us about that on the next episode. It's going to be a good one. All right, Mama, uh, as you can probably hear, I'm very tired. It's almost midnight, so I'm going to turn off this recording and um, go to bed. I hope you've had a wonderful day. And I appreciate you so much. And please remember how amazing you are. You're doing such a great job. And I know that you're not telling yourself that enough. So let me be the one to remind you. Okay, I'll see you next time.